love to know how to create, grow, and preserve your wealth? Well, you are now in the right place. Welcome to the Wealth Wise Podcast, all courtesy of VM Wealth Management. First up, it's Wealth Focus. Hey, podcast peeps, I know you missed us. Welcome to another exciting episode of the WealthWise Podcast. I am Daniil, and of course, we're here another week ready to talk about more money matters, everything money. So from unit trust to estate planning, then we did a double dose of cryptocurrency. So if you missed it, please go and check it out. And guys, remember it's wise to check out WealthWise Podcast at vmwealthwise.buzzsprout.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And as always, don't forget to check out our LinkedIn page at VM Wealth Management. This week to talk about U.S. equities trading, we have a very special guest from Victoria Mutual Wealth Management, Mr. Darren McGregor. He is the assistant manager for research. Darren McGregor, welcome. Hi, Daniel. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's see if we can demystify the markets for everyone. Demystify the markets. You sound very mystical. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, Darren, we're going to be Jumping right into the meat of the matter, we want to know everything about U.S. equities trading. So, what is U.S. equities trading? You know that I'm going to ask you what it is. Well, Daniel, that's that's actually a pretty tall order, but um, let's see what we can cover. So, um, U.S. equities trading is is nothing novel. It's similar to what's available on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Of course, we have our local securities that we, we can tra- trade on our own exchange. But of course, the U.S. has a large and much more dynamic market with a number of exchanges, um, thousands of stocks listed with a total market cap of somewhere around 60 trillion. So there's, Trillion? Yeah, trillion. Oh. So there's always something to trade. There's always an opportunity every day in the markets. So Darren, you told me what it is essentially. But if I'm interested to start trading U.S. equities, how do I get started? How do I get involved in something like that? Sure. So first things first, of course, you're going to have to have a little bit of cash, um, maybe about $2,000 comfortably to start out with. And 2000 Jamaican dollars? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about the U.S. market, right? We said a little bit of cash. So, so we, we keep it in one currency. So we're talking about the U.S. market. So of Tiny, course, I'm 2, talking about U.S. US minimum. So you say you need some cash and you need to identify your brokerage, which, of course, you know, we can facilitate that, right? So in starting out, um, you don't necessarily want to start out jumping into a lot of individual stocks at that level because you can't diversify that much, right? You can't buy a portfolio of 15 to 20 stocks with $2,000. So when you're starting at that level, it's best to start with maybe um, an index or a mutual fund. And as you build up over time, you can diversify into different stocks. So I get so I, before we get into the the types that of U.S. equities that there mm. may be, because I hear you listing out some things. Sure. Um, for me to get started, you mentioned the money, but and you mentioned the fact that VM Wealth is a brokerage that offers that. But do I need to? set up an account um you know what, and yeah naturally because of course as a as an investment host you know we have very strict kyc 
um, requirements that we have to follow. So we have to know who you are. There, there'll be a few account opening documents, but in the grand scheme of an investment life cycle, that's really the easy part. Okay. And is it similar to um, me trading locally? Is it, is it the, the actions are similar? Um, the actions and operations are similar, but you have a lot more flexibility. Right, and I guess we're gonna get into some of the things that you can do over there. That I you want can to do know here. about more more right? about that flexibility. Yeah, so um, of course, in the in the U.S. market, not only are there um, more options, but you you can do certain things that you can't do locally. So, for example, in the U.S. market, um, you can do what's called short selling stocks. Right. So, just briefly, what that means is that when you short sell a stock you've effectively borrowed the stock the stock from somebody who owns it and you have sold it, right? So you now own the shares. And what you're betting on when you do that is that the value of the shares will come down and you can buy back the, sh- the shares cheaper and make a profit that way, right? So you've borrowed something, sold it for 100, and let's say you hope to buy it back for 50, right? So you return these shares worth $50 now and you've made your $50 profit. So that's an example of how short selling would work out. Um, Another thing that's available to you on the U.S. market that's not so available locally is um, more flexibility in terms of order types. So um, while while you do have some flexibility in order types locally, um, there are certain algorithmic um, order types that are available overseas that are not so available out here. So Algorithmic. Yeah, so I'm making notes. Right, so so an example of some of what you can achieve automatically is you can have um, accumulation and distribution algorithms that buy at particular prices as as time goes on, depending on what you want to achieve. Um, you can have what's called sniper orders, whereby all right, full stop right there, um, Darren. Just just pause for me, um. You, you're mentioning all these highfalutin words. Um, U.S. equities trading seems to me, in my eyes, to be very sophisticated. It is as easy or as hard you said as it, you said it. You said it wasn't novel. It's not novel, but you have a lot more flexibility. So really and truly, you can go in, click buy, own your shares and go to sleep. Right? Once I have my, once I have my, my once, you have, money. once you have your money, my two thousand dollars, right? And for for those starting out, I definitely recommend you keep things simple, right? For like me, I would well, I, I would definitely have to keep it simple. Definitely keep it simple. And what I think it's definitely interest um important to differentiate between is that trading and investing are different disciplines, right? And for individual investors who do not do it as their professional profession and don't have the time to, you know, be watching it all day, every day, I would recommend you take an investing approach, right? So you have to have a little bit, if you're investing in a company, know something about the company, right? Don't just buy something because you heard something on CNBC or it's hot in the news or, you know, it's, you know, you have to have a reason for buying. So um, what I always recommend to people is that if you're going to buy a stock, one, you must know the exit before you enter, right? 
know where you want to come out before you get into the stock. So you, you don't just buy a stock and hope for the best, right? You have to have an exit plan, right? If you're going to put your money into something, you have to be able to, in maybe three to five bullet points, quickly be able to tell somebody why you're going to buy that stock, right? And it's not because my friend buy it. That's not Not because your friend reason. buy it. <laughs> not because not because Darren McGregor buy it, right? Because at the end of the day, nobody's going to care about your money more than you, right? That's absolutely correct. Right. And I care about my little bit of money. So, so Darren, you mentioned about knowing, being knowledgeable then, having some background information on the, these U.S. stocks that I may want to, to buy. Does VM Wealth provide research information on U.S. equities or any form of U.S. stocks? Yeah, we definitely do have um, information that um, can be used to guide our clients. And what I will say, the information about there in that market tends to be a bit more complicated. So we also, you know, facilitate discussions with our wealth advisors if you have further questions. Okay, so if I'm not as savvy with the the marketplace and the information that I may see in the news because clearly I need to be watching the US news, need to be looking at the the US um markets, their exchanges, their um information on what you call it, CNBC. That's that's a, that's like a channel over there, right? Sure. Um I, I don't know if I'd I'd rely too heavily on CNBC. But um so yeah, because it, essentially so, so it, I want you to tell me, where do I go to get the information that I need to be familiar and more knowledgeable on want the, the different stocks that I may be interested in buying? Because I hear people talk about Apple and Tesla and, you know, sure. the pop, some popular names, Google and Amazon. And I buy things on Amazon. So I wouldn't want to own a one share in Amazon or I have an Apple device. So why not own something from, you know, a share in Apple? Just yeah. as how in Jamaica, we buy Grace products and Lasco products and so on. Um, you know, I go to Fontana Pharmacy. These, these companies, Absolutely. I yes. buy stocks in them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if I want that exposure overseas, where do I get that information? Do I have to go and seek it out myself? Okay, so as an investor myself, um, as much as it, it it's possible, I always recommend you do your own due diligence, right? Um, what I will say, though, is that we definitely here at VMWealth have a lot of information that we can facilitate for you, right? Above and beyond that, um, yeah, you can check out some of the um, financial media out there, but you have to be careful about that because they tend to mix the activity of trading and investing in a way that might confuse um, a lot of persons. But don't don't think of it too much differently than investing in a stock locally, right? So if you're going to invest in a stock locally, what are you going to do? You're probably going to look at the last quarterly report, um, see how their numbers have been looking, um, see what the economy is, 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 is looking like. Um, probably there are some industry statistics that, that's relevant to the company. You might want to have an understanding of that as well. So it, it's not... It's not 
a completely different process than investing in a local company. It's just um, understanding the company, understanding the key driving factors of the company and understanding why that company in particular has a you know, competitive advantage um, relative to its competitors in the market and why that would make a good investment candidate for your portfolio. So the principle of investing in the U.S. equities market would be that of trying to differentiate investing from trading. Can I do both? You can do both, but it's important to understand that they're different. So with trading, All that's... Right, so, so tell, so, tell, so let, tell let's, us. Let's differentiate, right? Tell us. Yeah, I want, yeah. I want you to differentiate for us because... If this is what we're to be guided by, yes. it would be a, a, a very valuable for you to share that. Right. So so trading tends to be somewhat of a hot topic because there's all these stories of persons who, you know, in a short period of time, they make all this money going in and out of the market. And that sounds nice and all that. that but at the same time, what you have to understand is that there's a lot of risk involved and it takes a lot of care and attention in, in doing it. Right. So trading is more so focused on execution, right? You buy for five and maybe you want to sell for six, right? Um, maybe you use some leverage, which means that you've borrowed some money to invest. And that way, you know, instead of using your $100, you know, have 200 or $300 to trade with, right? Increases your risk, but increases your potential return. Right. So you're not necessarily looking to say, okay, well, in three years' time, you know, the the company has made five acquisitions and they've grown revenue three times and you know the company is performing. You're not well. doing a detailed analysis you're not doing in, a the, in the yeah. moment of trading. You're just looking for a short term Again. price price movements, right? Right. You're, you're, you're trying to make some money quickly. Quickly, right? And there are ways and means of doing that in a way that is um you know, in all probability, you'll make some money, but that takes a lot of work and a lot of care in a way that most people who don't do it as their job, they can't really facilitate that, right? Which is why I always recommend persons um, who don't do this as a profession, they stick to a more long-term investing um, type of approach where you can sit down, be relaxed, and you don't have to be watching a screen all the time every day, and you can sleep good at night. So, and I agree, I want to sleep good at night. Mm. You mentioned risk. Um, tell me some more about, you know, the risk that's, that's involved with U.S. equities trading. Sure. So, as, a, as I'd mentioned before, um, one of the things you can do in the U.S. market that you can't do locally is that you can short sell, right? So, if, you're, if you have a position in a stock that's, not particularly liquid, meaning there's not a lot of trading activity. Um, you might find yourself in a situation where, you know, there's a lot of negative press on the stock and traders decide, you know, here's a target. I'm going to start shorting the stock heavily, you know. And you could find yourself where in a short period of time, the stock is down 10, 20, 30%. You don't know what happened. Maybe nothing happened. Maybe, you know, traders just... So, so, so what do I do in that event? In that event, um, it depends on why you're in the stock, right? Because if you've done your due, due diligence and it is a good stock, then... I would hold it. 
yeah, you might want to hold. Because I would be, I wouldn't be in it because I am trading because I don't have the time. Yeah, you, care. You, you bought for a specific reason. My reason right? would be so, for the principle of investing. Yeah. And so when all this activity is happening. Maybe um, you might want to buy more. Because if, if it's the case that um, persons are trading it for non-fundamental reasons. Mm-hmm. And you are invested because of something you expect in the future from a fundamental standpoint. Right? There's no reason for you to sell. And of the course, same principles of investing would apply here as well. You, exactly. You buy when the market is down. Exactly. So if it is the case that you bought for a good reason and that reason hasn't changed, and of course you can always be wrong, right? If that reason has not changed, if the price is down 30%, you probably should buy some more. Depending on how exposed you are to the stock because you don't want to be too exposed to any one investment. Right? Okay. Some good advice there, <laughs> Darren. Thank you so much for that. Um, we spoke about the risk, but what about associated costs? Are there any costs to me as an investor here in Jamaica wanting to buy U.S. equities? Yeah, of course. So there's a transaction fee. Um, local, I think it averages about 2% for U.S. equities. Okay, and, right? I'll, and I'll pay that... Um, Per transaction or per trade? Uh, per transaction, yeah. Okay. So, what about taxes, Darren? Do taxes have to be filed in the US? So, you as a Jamaican individual don't have to file taxes with the US government. However, um, if you're earning dividend income, taxes withheld at source. And if I'm not mistaken, the rate is 30%. Oh, wow. So yeah, you will have to pay some tax on dividend. But of course, um, in 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 Jamaica, you don't have capital gains tax, so we we, we wouldn't we wouldn't be subjected to that. So Darren, if I decide to buy an Amazon stock or submit an order for Amazon, um, what are the basic types of orders in the the U.S. equities trading? Is it similar to that of the Jamaica Stock Exchange? Yeah, you do have the same basic order type. So you have your your limit orders, you have your market orders, um, your filler kills. And it gets more complicated than that. But in the US market, because it's so liquid, um, you don't have to worry about the price getting away from you. So in most cases, you'll be okay with a market order. So Darren, you mentioned market order, limit order. What are those? Um, when you submit a market order, um, you're aggressive and you want to buy the stock now, right? So a market order fills no, and it fills at whatever best price is available in the market, right? And you get it now. Um, conversely, a limit order is, you know, you're you're more passive. You're not so so much running down the price. So with a limit order, you determine what price you're willing to buy at, right? And your order doesn't get triggered until um, the price comes down to where you want to buy. Oh, so how does that affect um, day trading versus value investing? Yeah, that's very important because um, the types of orders that you use will, will probably be more important for somebody who's day trading as opposed to somebody who's investing more long term um, because those one and two cents for a day trade are really make a difference. 
So in many cases, it might be better to use a limit order as a day trader. But if the market is move, um, really moving rapidly and you think a, a much larger move is coming, you might want to be a bit more aggressive. Um, however, for a longer term investor, I mean, if over the next three to five years, you're looking for a total maybe 50% return, then 0.25% or 0.5% on, on a trade doesn't really make much of a difference for you. So you can you can just use market orders. So for some of us, Darren, that watch the business news, we always hear about um, U.S. indices. Can you tell us some more about that? Sure. So um, there, there are a number of indices out there. There are actually quite many, but um, there are three that um, most people who are in, in, involved in that space would, would know about. So there's the S&P 500. There's the NASDAQ 100, and then, then there's the Dow 30, right? S&P, what does that stand for? Standard & Poor's. Standard right? & Poor's, okay. Yeah, so, so the difference between them, so for the S&P 500, um, that's a representation of the largest stocks in the U.S. market, the 500 largest stocks. Um, for the NASDAQ, it, it mainly represents um, tech stocks in the U.S., large cap. Um, and the Dow 30, that's more of a, a broad um, representation of different industries um, of large cap stocks in the U.S. market. Okay, and you know that I'm going to ask you to explain what are cap stocks. Large, large cap, cap stocks, small cap stocks. What are those? All right, so you have large cap stocks, you have uh, mid cap stocks, you have small cap stocks, and you have penny, penny stocks, right? So the small caps are 300 million US to 2 billion US, right? And that's the value, that's the overall value of the company, mm -hmm. right? So for mid cap, you're looking at just over 2 billion in value mm -hmm. up to just under 10 billion, right? And large cap is 10 billion and up. And we find these on the indices that you spoke of earlier. So S&P would be almost exclusively in the large cap. Okay. Yeah. Oh yes, you did say that. So, VM Wealth, do they do do they have a platform for their their investors to trade on? Yeah, naturally, because we we need a venue to to get these transactions going. So, um, our platform would be the Trader Workstation, right? And that allows a a whole host of features and and functionality that can allow you to do whatever you want in the in the U.S. market. I mean. You can't necessarily get into some of the deeper, complicated stuff, but if you need to buy, you need to sell, limit order, market order, some of the more esoteric ones as well. You can do whatever you need. So as an investor, when I when I because VM Wealth is my broker and I wanted to start and I have my little bit of money, as you said, my two thousand US dollars. Mm -hmm. Um my next step would be to speak with my wealth advisor, um, yeah. create my profile on this platform that you speak of. Right. Right, and they'll give you access and you can download the platform and use it. And there's also a, a web portal as well, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so 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 almost as similar as the, the JTrader platform here in Jamaica for, from the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Yeah, it is similar, but you're going to find that it has um, a bit more features. I mean, it, you're dealing with a, a much larger market, so uh, and they've been around for a long time. So that's to be expected. Thanks, Darren. So I am so excited about it because even with my little bit of money, as you put it, I 
have the opportunity to start. And I want to start. And earlier, I mentioned that I know about Apple and Amazon and Google. Um, and that's just because I hear about them a lot. And so I wanted to tell me some more about, you know, the 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 stocks, the US stocks that have a like a buzz, a like a hype, some some something that I that may spark my interest. What else that I haven't mentioned? Sure. So those stocks would be, you know, on, on top of everybody's brain because they're they're large global companies, the Apples, the Googles, the Microsoft. But what comes with that is that, you know, of course, everybody knows about them. Everybody runs them down from an investment standpoint. So they're bid up pretty high, right? So from time to time, there are opportunities to pick up some of these stocks at a good price. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say right now, right? Um, what you want to look at is is perhaps some of the earlier stage tech stocks. Because, for example, Google right now is a fairly mature company, right? Um, still think it has some legs in it long term, but it's fairly mature and, you know, it's pretty fairly packed with investors, right? So you could take a look at something that's emerging like a Coinbase. Um, it's coming up in still a very nascent industry that's um, poised for long term, good long term growth. Um, I think they'll do quite well long term. So that's one to take a look at. Um I think uh, Goldman Sachs in the financial, yeah, in the financials. I think they present a, a good long-term strategy, so I think they're also one to take a look at in that space. Um, there's a company coming to market um, soon, probably in September, um, probably in a week or two, maybe by the end of September, um, called Aero Farms. They're coming via SPAC. Um, they're a vertical farming company. Um, their solution is, is, is pretty promising. They have some competitors in the market, but they're pretty advanced in the execution of their strategy. So I think they're a good one to take a look at as well. And you're getting at the, I guess, similar to it's the IPO. IPO. It's right. not an IPO. It's not an IPO. It's not? No. So Because you, you mentioned that they're coming to the market for via the first SPAC, time. Right? So what does that mean? Right. So SPAC is short for Special Purpose Acquisition Company. Now, how this works is, um, how this works is, uh, someone decides, you know what, I want to bring a company to the market and I want to make it easy for them, right? So, I get some investors and say, hey, here's what I want to do. I want to target X type of companies, maybe healthcare companies, tech companies, financial companies, and I want to find a target and bring it to the market, right? So, I might raise couple of hundred million dollars, maybe a billion dollars, and then I find a merger target, right? And in merging with this private company, you effectively bring them public without doing an IPO. And that shortens the time that it takes for the company to come to market relative to a traditional process. Okay. So does the US equities trading or does the US equities market offer a lot of opportunities for IPOs in that Yes, yes. So I, I see um, prospectuses get released on SEC like every day. There's a, there's a new company coming to market. There's a new SPAC being launched. Um, but you have to be very careful because there's it's like finding a good opportunity is like finding a needle in a haystack. 
because there's just so much coming at you. So much in that market. Yeah. And so, interestingly, IPOs in the US markets are really good thing to to watch at this time then. Yeah, yeah. Certainly be smart about it. You can't just blindly go into IPOs that you see that hyping up in the news. You have to ensure that you understand the business and, you know, they present a good long-term strategy and the management looks sound. Um, similar to what you do for a local company. A local company. Yeah. But what I will say though is um, you don't necessarily want to fill your portfolio with these early stage companies. Um, what might be good is to have maybe a portion of your portfolio in an ETF that tracks the broader market and you have a section that's, you know, some of the larger, more established names. You know, you might have some of the Microsoft to Google because, you know, they are th- established. Yeah, if you think the market is going up, that's a good way to track the so market. I have two questions for you from that. Um, how do I get that kind of information to um, learn more about emerging industries so that I, I, I can buy into these um, companies? Um, that's a good question. So what I will say, it's, it's always important to read widely and keep an ear out for some of these things that you, you might see in the tech media or the financial media because um, they do talk about these things a lot. Um, but of course, you know, you can always talk to your advisor because they really should be Affair with a lot of these things. And what's the difference between the emerging industries and the IPOs? No, so an, an IPO can be done on a company in an emerging industry. Similarly, a company can be doing an IPO in a mature industry, right? So what's what's attractive about an emerging industry is that there might not be many players in the space. Um, it's rapidly growing. Right, and there's a large potential. So, an example of that that I, I touched on earlier is the cryptocurrency space. Right, um, it's getting large, but it's still growing rapidly, and there's a large potential upside still. Right? And and that is what we would refer to as an emerging industry as well. Yeah. Um, another example of that would be autonomous vehicles. Right. So it's 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 not everywhere right now there's still a lot of research and development right and i remember spending. in a previous episode or or our guest um we spoke we spoke about cryptocurrency and he did mention um autonomous vehicles so mm-hmm. i'm glad that you know you are bringing it home um to us so mm-hmm. guys if you for, if you haven't checked out um our episode on cryptocurrency you can do so now right after this so, um, Darren, my last question for you um, is ETF. You just you just breeze over that in a response earlier, and we want to know what an ETF is. All right. So, ETF is short for exchange traded fund. So, what you're effectively getting is you're not just getting exposure to one stock, but a collection of stocks, right? And an example of this is um, one that tracks the S&P 500 that I mentioned earlier um, called the Spider S&P 500 Trust, ticker SPY. Um, that's probably the most um, popular exchange-traded yeah. fund. Yeah. Okay. 
Thank you so much, Darren, for stopping by the WealthWise podcast and sharing that wealth of information on U.S. equities trading. I have much more appreciation and understanding of it. And hopefully my little bit of money will get me far when I start investing and not trading because really I do not have the time. And thank you, Darren, for adding that value to my personal financial education. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I'd just like to encourage um, you all out there. You know, it, it might seem like a daunting thing, but um, the best thing you can do is to just get started and build up your education over time. Um, form a partnership with your advisor and have them help you along the way. So you can tune in next week to WealthWise Podcast. And for all your wealth management needs, just call us at VM Wealth Management, 876-960-5000 or email us at wealthinfo at myvmgroup.com. Podcast production courtesy of Infinity Media. Don't forget, you can build your wealth with us at VM Wealth Management. Advice, solutions, performance.